0: Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Eck, the host of the RRH Strong Podcast. Before we bring you this week's episode, I want to make a brief statement. My conversation with Brian Johnson, which you are about to hear in its entirety, became more and more heated as it went on and ended up, quite frankly, becoming a train wreck. Now, I've been interviewing professional athletes in wrestling, football, and baseball for 30 years. And this is without a doubt the most contentious interview I've ever been involved in. It would be easy for me to blame Brian Johnson for that, but the truth is that I could have handled the situation better. So I want to apologize to Ring of Honor Management and to you, the listeners of the ROH Strong Podcast, for my unprofessional behavior. Thank you.
1: Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Et.
0: What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 40 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest today is one of the rising stars in Ring of Honor. He's also one of the most controversial figures in Ring of Honor. He is the mecca, Brian Johnson. Brian, how are you?
1: Well, I, I'm doing well, Kevin. I, uh, I don't know what took you so long to invite me on the podcast, but uh, nonetheless, I'm happy to be here and finally get to have my voice be heard.
0: Well, it's great to have you here because, uh, as I said, you are one of the rising stars in Ring of Honor, and it's timely that we have you on now because recently you were in the news. You signed, I should say you re-signed with Ring of Honor. So first off, congratulations on the new contract. Mm-hmm. Before I accept your congratulations, because
1: I don't need them, nor did I ask for them, uh, I, have a, I have a bone to pick with you, at, uh, Mr. Writer, sir. I see all these write-ups about Tracy getting signed and Sumi getting signed and Amy Rose getting signed and all these nice, great write-ups about them, yet in mine it talks about all my defeats and failures. Like, what jackass wrote that?
0: Uh, I, actually, I did.
1: Uh that's that's what I thought, Kev. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for really making everybody know about how much I belong here, how much, a, as you said, a rising star. Thanks. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm glad I'm here.
0: All right. Well, look, we just I mean, did I state anything that was factually incorrect?
1: Spoken like a true journalist.
0: OK. All right. Well, Brian, look, I don't want to I really don't want to guess however you want to put it. All right. Well, I don't want to get things off on the wrong foot. I will say it again. Congratulations on the new contract. Uh, Let's start off with just sort of a basic question, because I think a lot of people don't really uh, know your story and they don't know like the Mecca. What's the story behind the Mecca moniker that you've given yourself? So uh, the Mecca came
1: from realizing my worth and self-awareness in professional wrestling. I didn't become an indie darling like a lot of these guys that you see on the scene now. I didn't have some big following that got behind me and rooted and rallied for me. No, I I grinded my own way. And when I got to where I belonged, I thought at that time I belonged and should have been number one, right? And as I grinded and grinded and I outworked every single person in that dojo, which is where I'm talking about, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, I realized that. It's about damn time people know that this is my place. It's a Mecca's house. Everyone comes and worships at my feet. That place didn't start a roll, didn't start a drill without me saying jump or how high. And everybody that's walked in that
0: place knows it. And ever since I've left there, I guess they've been scratched, right? Well, you certainly don't lack for confidence. And, and look, I'll say I, I think it's well-founded. I mean, I, I fully believe it. And, and I mean it when I say you are one of the rising stars. And I fully expect you at some point to be a champion in Ring of Honor, so.
1: You're damn right. And that's what being a mech is. It's about people coming and finally recognizing that. I busted my ass for 14 years. 14 years. You imagine doing anything you even care about for 14 years and being as dedicated as I've been to get here and then have some some clown get passed off because he's taller than you or, or he's from a different country or because some person on the internet is, 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 is more famous than him. You see why I'm angry? I, I I hate to pass this off on you, but these are the few chances I actually get to speak.
0: Well, actually, uh, you know, I can understand being motivated at perceived slights or, you know, having to feel like you got to work harder than the next guy. I totally get that. And I think it can be good to have a chip on your shoulder uh, as motivation. But do you feel like sometimes you take the anger maybe one step too far to where I mean, let's be honest, Brian, you are angry all the time. I mean, doesn't that take energy to be angry 24-7? Am I here for a wrestling
1: conversation or to talk to a therapist? (laughs) Okay. So to answer your question, has my anger gotten me maybe into a place or two that I wouldn't have liked? Has it cost me maybe a win or two that it shouldn't have? Yeah. You know, you're damn right it has. And that sucks. But I'm mad enough to admit it. But I also know that, getting my head out of the clouds or out of my own ass, putting away that stupid robe and strut and this mean streak or this angry streak has gotten more attention and more times with people talking to me than I've ever had in my life. So something's going right. It's just about harnessing it and putting it in the right spots.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I know that you've been on the, uh, the recent set of TV tapings. So I want to ask you, I've asked a lot of guests when they come on here about uh, being inside the Ring of Honor bubble. So what was that experience like for you? Once in a lifetime.
1: Uh, it's hard to explain uh, properly what you go through just sitting in a room for three days. It sounds so uh, easy, but in a hotel room with no one else to communicate with, uh, you get driven up a wall a bit. You get your own thoughts, your feelings, you're, you're overthinking your next move, what your match is going to be like. So in that way, it was tempting. Uh, But you find ways to pass time. A lot of those, I don't know, a lot of the dorts were playing video games and stuff. I don't don't do that nerd stuff. Uh, I did maybe play a prank or two, but, you know, they don't get on the ROH bubble videos because I send them in and get ignored. But I I had my own fun. Whether or not someone had to get their rugs cleaned at 4 a.m. because of a trash can full of water, that's not my business.
0: Okay. Well, this sounds kind of, this sounds like mean-spirited. fun.
1: You need to have fun. It's a locker room, right?
0: Boys will be boys.
1: Just happen to be in a hotel room.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess for that, I'm fortunate that I was, uh, I was not in the bubble.
1: And we're fortunate you weren't there too.
0: (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Again. All right. Well, as I said, uh, a lot of people may not know your story. So this is your forum. I really want to tell the Brian Johnson story on this podcast. So let's start at the beginning. When did you become a wrestling fan? At what age?
1: As far back as I can remember. uh, I guess remembering shows might be like three years old, but my brother, I have an older brother, he was always a wrestling fan and my father was a wrestling fan. So I obviously grew up watching it uh, since the day I was born. Uh, My brother, since it eventually lost the wrestling bug and I kept on, but uh, from day one or at least as early as three, I can remember loving it. The day one day one
0: now what age did you decide realistically because i think all of us when we're kids we're like oh i want to grow up to be a wrestler or baseball, of course whatever. at what age did you decide this is something i legitimately want to pursue as my career
1: i can think at the moment hold on i just got to do the math i was uh nine years old positive it was wrestlemania 15 stone cold steve austin and the rock in philadelphia pennsylvania uh, my dad got us tickets for WrestleMania and it was like the greatest gift ever. We went live I, that day forward. I knew I wanted to be there. No doubt about it.
0: So at what age did you actually decide to, uh, to start training?
1: Uh, I think I was 15 when I was able to start training. I found, uh, I lived in Philadelphia obviously, but I started training in a place in South Jersey. They were able to have you sign on at 15 with uh parent permission where it seemed like places in Philly were like, 18 and up, but I was just hungry and went after the first one I could find.
0: You talked about how you've had to grind uh, and spend many years to get to where you are in Ring of Honor, and, and, and that's true, and it's admirable, your perseverance. I, I give you full credit for that, but you spent about, what, 13 years or so, right, grinding on the Indies. Yeah. Um, was there ever a moment where you thought to yourself, you know what, I I just I don't know if this is going to happen for me?
1: No. Um, I don't believe that way since the day I was born. I Like I said, I, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I, I kid you not. I, I was in college, dropped out for a job that gave me more of a chance to train. Uh, I left a full-time government job to get further training. I never wanted to do anything else but this. So to me, I was always going to succeed. Uh, did I always think it was going to be 2020 uh, full pedal ahead with Ring of Honor? No. Uh, but – I'm damn sure happy I'm here.
0: You caught the eye of Ring of Honor officials, from what I understand, at some of the uh, the tryout camps. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes.
0: Yeah. What was that experience like?
1: Uh, it was a pain in the ass, man. Um, they make you stand in your boots and tights for like 16 hours a day. And they just like go over the same two drills and, everyone's freaking out and their buttholes are this tight because they're scared to go to do this wrong or that wrong. And like some of the coaches can be great. And then other ones you can tell don't want, I don't want to say don't want to be there. They're just tough. You know, guys respect those spots and they make it hard on you sometimes. And it was like, man, these, they were a grind. They were a mental grind sometimes more than a physical grind. It wasn't like they were riding us into the mat. It's just like being able to stay not even disinterested, but just focused throughout long speeches and feedback and applying it all and how it applies to you and applies to others. It was a real mental test more than I, uh, that I could ever imagine going into it.
0: What would you say was, uh, the greatest lesson that you took from that experience?
1: I wish I would have listened to it sooner. Uh, you got to get out and you got to wrestle other people and, and find other outlets and, and spread your wings in wrestling. Uh, if you're the best guy, I think it was Christopher Daniels, uh, it was good advice. If you're the best guy at your place, it's time to move on. Uh, and I thought that was really sound advice. I wish I would have listened to it sooner. Uh, heck, maybe I could afford to listen to some advice sooner all the time, but, uh, that's, uh, the way it is, I guess.
0: Now, as we mentioned, you were part of that first, uh, graduating class, right. Of the ROH dojo, which you alluded to earlier. Um, what was that like for you? Because, I mean, that was a select group of individuals there. Were you uh, – was there kind of a brotherhood? And I guess there are women there as well, brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, where you guys were all kind of uh, pushing for each other to kind of make it out of the dojo and, like, a sense of pride that we're the first – you know, we'll be the first class. Or was it more competitive in that way? Uh,
1: I think it could be one and the other, Right. Uh, There was definitely a sense of, in the beginning at least, there was a sense of togetherness. That changed for sure. Like anything else, when you get hungry and you want positions. Uh, And people grew apart. And uh, I don't really talk to any of those guys anymore. I'll be honest with you. They were my way. And uh, it's dog-eat-dog world. So it is what it is. Uh, At least that's how I see it. They're all talented individuals. Each and every single one of them coming through. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't think that they were worth my time and that I should have been up there a lot sooner than some of them were or some of them are. So maybe it was an attitude problem, but I don't know. Yeah, sure, we wanted it together, but at the end, you can't all get up here together. Sometimes there's only one of you, and it should have
0: been me first. Okay. That's I, I hear a recurring theme here, the fact that it should have been you first. I mean, that, really, that sticks in your crawl, obviously, to this day. But you're here now. You are on the roster. Does it really matter in the big scheme of things who was first? Who was second? Who was third? Yeah, it does.
1: It does matter who's first. See that loser mentality? Does it not matter who's first? Yeah, because people are going to say like, "Oh yeah, Dak Draper, he was the first one up," or "Quinn McKay she really represents." What the hell does she represent? What does he represent? They were handed everything. Sorry, I I know, I'm not supposed to yell on the podcast.
0: No, no. I mean, I hey, look, I I, I appreciate your perspective. Um,
1: like, for instance. How many episodes in did it take for me to get invited to be on this podcast? Mike Bennett didn't even have a contract with us, and you interviewed that jackass. His wife's gotten two interviews. Why?
0: Well, it doesn't matter
1: who's first or who's second, who's last. Don't give me that.
0: I mean, I'm not – Okay, no disrespect to you, intended. Would you not say that Mike Bennett and Maria Canales Bennett, at this point – have accomplished more than you have not saying what you'll do in the future, but at this point,
1: they have been given opportunity after opportunity to succeed. And on occasions they have done very well, but I haven't been given half the opportunities they have. Mike's a great athlete. Maria's she's Maria Canellas, right? I, I understand who I'm talking about, but at the same time, like you said, they've already accomplished all those things. Why are we always talking about what people have done? I'm the hottest damn prospect Ring of Honor's ever had. Um, episode 48 or whatever the hell it is here on the podcast is nonsense.
0: No, we're on episode 40. But you know, I, 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 I'm not going to run down the list of people we've had on the show, but we're talking about people like Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, the Briscoes. I mean, we can go right down the line. Gresham, Taylor, uh on and on and on. I mean, I don't I mean, would you put yourself ahead of I mean, honestly, out of any of those names that I mentioned? I don't think it's any slight that you're on the show on episode 40. I'll put it
1: this way. If Alan Iverson was ranked number 40 in an all time NBA player list, he'd be really pissed off, wouldn't he? And that's exactly how I feel.
0: Okay. I mean, these aren't he necessarily. He wouldn't say he's
1: number one. He'd probably put Jordan number one. So yeah, put, put Jay Lethal or put Kerry Silk in or some other relic that matters around here or there first.
0: Yeah. we well, We've also had Todd Sinclair and Gary Juster on the show, and Ian Riccoboni.
1: Yeah, uh, they were the
0: lowest rated numbers too. <laughs> well, I want to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later, but I... okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep moving. Let's keep yeah. moving. Let's keep... Actually, you know what? This is the perfect time uh, to take our first break. So let's do that. So we'll be back with more with the mecca, Ryan Johnson, right after this.
1: Experience the show that's thrilling critics and fans. ROH TV. The reviews are in. It's completely different than anything in pro wrestling. I enjoyed every minute of this show. ROH TV delivers. Valiant St. Ray's. Take my money. This was awesome. Join the ROH stars for the Hashtag Watch ROH Watch Party
0: every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My guest is the mecca, Brian Johnson. This is episode 40, and uh, certainly no slight uh, meant to Brian that he's on episode 40, because it's not like we're going to stop doing great episodes after 39. So this is... You know, it, to me, it's it's uh it's look. I'm just gonna say it is great to have you here. Pleasure's all yours, Kev. Pleasure's all yours. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the top prospect tournament. <laughs> the two, 2019 top prospect tournament. Uh, you declared yourself as the number one seed. Real Man, quick, before yeah. before
1: I'm sorry to cut you off. I know this is your interview, but trust me, Kevin. I've listened to all the other thirty nine of them. No one needs to hear you speak as much as you do. No one talks about the 2018 Top Prospect Tournament either. When I got cheap shot it and thrown out by some buffoon that wasn't even part of the contest. So let's start when 2018, when the Mecca, when Brian Johnson was getting cheated out of opportunities. Now, after that happened, yes, now we're on to 2019. Go ahead, Kev, that's conveniently left at a Ring of Honor history, right? One of the other times that I just got screwed.
0: Go ahead, Kevin. No, no, no. In fairness to you, yes, in 2018, I mean, let's mention him by name, Jeff Cobb came onto the scene Mm -hmm. and single-handedly wrecked the Top Prospect Tournament, which you were involved in, but you were not the only one of the people in that tournament who had it wrecked for them. So it wasn't like you were singled out. It wasn't like he targeted you. Everyone knew that was my tournament in 2018. I was
1: coming off the tryout. I was the first dojo class. I was cooking with fire or gas or whatever that stupid line is. I was hotter than hot. That was my tournament. It got stolen from me. Then I waited for a year over that. Okay. So, so you yeah, came back. 2019. 2019. I'm sorry. Kevin.
0: No, no, no. So you came back the following year. And as you said, you thought 2018 was yours. You were going to win that one. No problem. All right. So 2019, you've got a year of experience under your belt. If you were the favorite in 2018, as you say, certainly you must have been the favorite in 2019. In fact, I know you proclaimed yourself as the uh, number one seed in the tournament. Now, from what I recall, I don't remember there being any actual official seedings released. If there were official seedings, no one was ever made aware of them. So you said you were the top seed. I think that that's something that you kind of just claimed for yourself. Well, uh, claimed or not, no
1: no one disclaimed it. But no one said no. When Matt Taven walked around and said he was the real world champion with a purple title, Jay Lethal said he wasn't. No one said I wasn't the number one seed. So
0: I'd, I'd like to say I was the number one seed in 2019. Okay, well, let's let's – I'll concede that point. Let's say you were the number one seed. As we know in tournaments, sometimes there are upsets. Sometimes number one seeds get knocked off. If indeed you were the number one seed – Austin Gunn beat you in the first round. So I just want to ask you, in retrospect, what went wrong and, and how disappointing was that setback for you? Brian, are you still with me?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I, um, I'm trying to collect my thoughts because um, I thought I told them that I didn't want to. Okay, so the top – I lost to Austin Gunn. Uh, it was a time where my anger got the best of me. I was whooping that kid's ass. Go watch it. I think the match was like the most viewed one of the entire top prospect tournament. Why? Because I'm on it. And everyone saw me dominate a Hall of Famer's son. And that's no discredit to Austin Gunn. He's an incredible athlete. I watched him work himself into the dojo system. I watched him work in the dojo system. And now he's succeeding wherever he may succeed. I whooped his ass that day and I slipped on a banana peel. Who hasn't tripped? I made one stinking mistake and I lose. And now everybody can say, oh, well, you had your chance. Well, no, let's look at the rest of that tournament. How it was served up on a silver platter for Dak freaking Draper. Yeah, go, go, go tell everybody about the tournament, Kev.
0: Well, okay. Judging by what your inference there, are you saying that Dak Draper was the chosen or was handpicked or, who management wanted to win the tournament? Because I don't think that's true.
1: How not? It's always been about Dak. He's the first. He gets the layup throughout the entire tournament. He gets a hand-pitched <laughs> match for Dragon Lee. He's, he's getting chances for a television title match where I got a scrap with Danhausen. He is the chosen one from the dojo. He's half the reason why I am the way I am. He walked on and was given every damn thing he's been given here. Given. He hasn't earned a damn thing.
0: All right. Well, look, I I, certainly never mind. Go
1: ahead.
0: Now, I was going to say Dak Draper can defend himself. He doesn't need me to defend him, but I'll just play devil's advocate. Okay. He went through the same system, the dojo system that you did. He was in the top prospect tournament in the field of eight, I believe it was eight, um, the same as you. And in the end, he defeated Austin Gunn. The man who defeated you. Next question, Kev. How can you say Dak Draper? Next question, Kev. Okay. All right. Next question. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on. I want to talk about possibly the most memorable match in your career thus far in Ring of Honor. And that took place at a show we call Unauthorized. Oh, you jackass. Come on, you know we got to bring it up. Go ahead, yeah.
1: yeah. We got to bring it up. We got to talk about it. In the same it's not when I wrestle in the same match as Jay Briscoe and Dalton Castle. No, it's not that. It's when unauthorized. Yeah, tell everybody what unauthorized was.
0: Okay, I just said it was memorable, which a lot of people do talk about this match. It was Look, it was yeah, set up. It. it was an impromptu. Look, for those who don't know, unauthorized is the one time a year where – we do kind of crazy things, crazy matches. This was Colt Cabana basically booking the show. Uh, A lot of it is done uh, in a lighthearted vein. But anyway, we had a impromptu 10 man tag match. And on one side, we had Shane Taylor, soldiers of savagery, uh, Ron Hunt from uh, Shane Taylor promotions. And we had you. And I believe it was you who came out and demanded to be in this match. And so you were put in the match. You faced a team of, and, and Colt basically said he could win this match by picking any four guys. And he went out and then picked senior referee Todd Sinclair, senior uh, uh, announcer Ian Riccaboni, senior Gary Juster, and uh, cameraman Gator, senior yeah. cameraman. And what yeah. happened was, for those, again, who, who, who don't know, is that your four partners, Shane Taylor and his crew, basically refused to team with you and left you in a 5-1-1 situation. And from there, you were chopped by Todd Sinclair, who did the Ricky Steamboat spot. Uh, what a leapfrog by that guy, by the way. Uh, what a leap. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> we didn't ask for your play-by-play. All right. No, you're right. I, I don't need to put my opinion in it. Um, Gary Juster with a, with a Ric Flair knife edge chop, uh, to your chest. And then the coup de grace, the, the flying elbow off the top rope from Ian Riccoboni. I mean, just looking back on that night, uh, your thoughts. I have a lot
1: to address. So uh, if I get a little off track, please, Kev, uh, keep me on track. First off, I have a question for you before I answer all that rhetoric and how you so eloquently spun it in the Ring of Honor direction. But let's start with question number one. Who got the pinfall in that match?
0: I believe it was Colt.
1: Colt Cabana. There should be a Hall of Fame in independent wrestling because of that man. He is one of the best professional. I lost to Colt Cabana, not Ian Riccobani, not a stupid cameraman, not Gary Juster, not a referee, Todd Sinclair. But no, everybody talks about everything else. I got pinned by Colt freaking Cabana. Mind you, as you so put it, it was originally a five-on-five tag, but my team, Shane Taylor Promotions, tucked their tails between their legs and ran. That's how I see it. I mean, Shane, if he didn't tuck the tail between his legs, I believe his message is that we should stand up and we should fight the right fight. And, and he's one of the most noble people and noble causes I hear all the time. But yet when the fight came to him in an opposition of four bozos and Colt Cabana, rather than risk possible embarrassment, he tucked his tail between his legs with his team and walked away. Now, I would never say this to Shane's face. I might be getting worried because I'm on a podcast. Shane's got the two most lethal hands in all of wrestling. And if he would have stayed there, we would probably won a lot quicker. That's why I agreed to be on his team. He's a bad man. But courageously, courageously, despite Shane Taylor choosing not to team with me, despite his team leaving me, I decided I wasn't going to let the Ring of Honor fans down and let up my moment. And I went five on one all by myself against a walking Hall of Famer, Colt Cabana. <sighs> and I got double teamed, cheap shot it, which allowed Gary Juster to shot me, which allowed that stupid leap. That's, I don't even, un- the leapfrog. there was a happenstance from a higher power. Don't understand it. But if I wasn't, che- and then Ian Riccoboni with the elbow drop her around the world, right? I think it went viral for a slight minute there. Embarrassing me. And as the entire team stood above Brian, the talk wasn't about how courageous I was or how this dojo kid just got left to be embarrassed by himself or about how Shane Taylor and his team left this dojo kid. No, it was about how this loudmouth got beat up by Cole Cabana and friends. And it's been laughed at and gifted and poked and laughed at me the whole time. For over a year now, that's all we talk about. Ha ha, let's all laugh at Brian. It was in the holiday stinking card last year that they sent out. Thanks, Sinclair. Get bent. Enough of unauthorized.
0: Well, no, I, gotta, I, gotta, I want to address a couple of things that you brought up there. I don't disagree with you that you were in a 5-1-1 situation, and obviously no one should be put in a 5-1-1 situation. However, when you came out and demanded to be in the match, the first thing Colt Cabana said was, you take him. I don't want him on my team. And so by default, you were put on Shane Taylor's team. And apparently Shane and his crew had a similar feeling about you. So I guess, I mean, we can, yes, you were ganged up on and and all that was true. Anybody who saw that can see that. Um, Is there any, was there a moment after it was over for uh, self-reflection or introspection that maybe it's not everyone else who is the problem but that maybe you just rub everyone the wrong way and that you got what you deserved in the end. Well,
1: I admit that I don't actually think that Shane Taylor Taylor was scared of Colt Cabana and friends. Of course he wasn't. He made a smart decision to leave me there. Is it because he doesn't like me? Probably more than likely. Uh, But do I think that, me losing or me being embarrassed comes from the fault of my attitude no these people choose to not like me just because I speak my mind and because quite frankly half the time I'm telling it how it is so if they choose not to like me that's their prerogative I understand I mostly don't like any of them but no I'm not the one that needs an attitude change if anything they just need to open their eyes and understand that I'm telling the truth I'm the real one here
0: Okay, well, let's talk about uh, one man who I guess is sort of your ally, maybe your only ally. I don't know if I'd call him a friend uh, that you would have in the company, and that's that's PJ Black. And he's a mentor.
1: It... He's, he's a mentor.
0: He's a mentor, okay. Period. That's it, okay. No, there's Period. no friendship there. Well, I haven't seen it. I don't okay. know. Well, let's just put it this way. I think um, – as bad as that night was for you and unauthorized, it did sort of mark a turning point for you because afterwards PJ came up to you in the back and, and made a a gracious offer to take you under his wing, become your mentor. And I know that PJ has said it to you and he said it publicly that he thinks you are a future world champion. So, Just talk about that, that, uh, you know, a veteran, a guy who's accomplished as much in this business as P.J. Black has, seeing something in you and, and wanting to mentor you. What are your thoughts on that? I think
1: that when you can have a guy that's been traveled around the world as much as P.J. Black has and who's had all the experiences that he's had, not just in wrestling, but in life, just based off of everything he's done he's one of the most interesting people you ever speak to to have a guy like that consider you to be a future world champion to think of you that you could be the future the head of a company with all the things that he's experienced and saw uh to say that that was anything less than flattering or the it was the biggest compliment i've ever gotten in my career and maybe that will let me deal with some of pj's nonsense more than i would have had to deal with somebody else's for some reason, he looks after me. And I know it, it started as a bet. I'm not an idiot. I watched YouTube, saw the video. But bet or no bet, he's stuck by my side when no one else did. So for that, I'm at least I can say I'm grateful. Do I care for all of his ridiculous breathing exercises and his Third war, these crazy theories. No, he's an imbecile. But in between the ropes, he's accomplished, and I have to give him that. And the fact that someone with his accomplishments wants to give me a hand, I will certainly take any hand out because I haven't been given a damn one in 14 years.
0: Let me ask you this about PJ because uh, I've known PJ for a long time. Uh, PJ's actually PJ's a good friend of mine. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So look, we have a mutual friend. Well, no, he's not your friend. I'm sorry. He's your mentor. He's my friend. And to be clear, if he was my
1: friend, we wouldn't have a mutual friend because you and I are not friends.
0: Okay. Understood.
1: Yep. Thank you. Continue. All right. Well, my question was just going to
0: be, uh, PJ's had some injuries recently. We know he's out of action. Uh, right yeah. Have you, have you checked on him? Have you been in contact with him uh, while he's convalescing?
1: I sent him a message. Will you beat the bubble? He said no, said something about his leg being broken. I didn't have enough time to read the rest of the message. I had to get focused on me. If he's too busy jumping out of damn airplanes, I can't be waiting for him. I'm not saying he was or wasn't jumping out an airplane. Not my business. I was going to go use some breathing exercise and get back here. While he waits, there's a mecha
0: locomotive running to the top of the roster. When he does come back... Is I know you have a lot of individual goals. What about the tag team championships? You and PJ, is that a goal for you? Maybe to be uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions with a guy like PJ Black, who has held championships around the world, has held tag team some of the biggest tag team championships in wrestling. So, I don't know if
1: everyone listening understands why uh, PJ and I got together. I said there was a bet. Uh, fast forward, essentially, he's my mentor, and the only reason I accepted his mentorship was because I couldn't get a spot on this damn roster. Oh, go figure. Yeah, they weren't giving spots to other people, though, were they, Kevin? Hmm. But I needed a way on the roster. And there was this guy looking out for me. Whether he was looking out, he wanted to win a bet, who gives a crap? I'm here now, right? And my idea was, if he could get me on the show, which he did, we had tag matches, and we would have been more successful had he had not stopped me in certain times. Take, don't lie. He could get me on TV. If he could get me on Ring of Honor, I could show my worth. Once I showed my worth, nobody was going to stop me. And I think I proved my point. I had to literally succumb to a 5-on-1 match on my own just to get embarrassed for a chance to be seen on television a year ago. And this year, if you ain't talking about Brian Johnson in 2021, you don't have a pulse on professional wrestling. Okay. So, would I like to be tag team champions with PJ Black? You know what I want to do? I want to be remembered as one of the greatest of all time. However, I do that. If I got to be a tag champ with PJ, cool, great. Let's be the greatest tag champs of all time. But I'm going to do whatever it takes so that at the end of the day, five letters are etched into everyone's head. M E C C A.
0: Mecca. Okay. All right. Fair enough, Brian. We're going to take our second break, and then we'll continue this uh, fascinating conversation with Brian Johnson right after this. Hi, I'm Quinn McKay, the host of Ring of Honor's weekly YouTube show, Week by Week. Join me every Tuesday for brand new episodes as we catch up on all of the groundbreaking ROH news and get exclusive comments from some of your favorite ROH stars. We also have some great weekly segments like Question of the Week, This Day in History, and Brian Zane's Top 5. Join me every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on social media and youtube.com slash ring of honor for week by week. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My guest is the Mecca, Brian Johnson. Brian, I want to talk to you about um, a couple matches that you've had recently. One was against the guy that we talked about earlier, the 2019 Top Prospect Tournament winner. Dak Draper, and the other is against uh, former world champion Dalton Castle. Now, you had, and I know you're probably going to get upset at the way I phrase this, but I don't mean it as a a slight or a diss or a backhanded compliment, but I'm going to say you looked very strong in defeat against both of those guys. You lost a pure rules match to Dak. You lost a match against Dalton Castle where I, as an impartial observer, felt that you were on offense for most of that match. I was, I mean, I think if if we had been scoring that match, if that was a pure rules match and we had been scoring by points, probably would have given you that match. So my question to you is, do you feel like you're on the verge of, of getting over the hump and actually realizing this vast potential that clearly, I think everyone who's impartial sees that you have? So, Kev,
1: you're a sports fan. You've seen dynasties build and teams come around, and usually there's that season right before they make it to the championship where they almost contend in a playoff series that they don't belong. The Oklahoma City Thunder did it a few years ago with Durant and Westbrook against Kobe where they hang for seven games as a team and they really shouldn't have. That's what I'm doing right now. People aren't expecting me to jump off the page, and that kind of pisses me off. Because 14 years, right? I know I keep saying it, but it's the truth. And it pisses me off that I'm still having to surprise people with my talent. And it's not expected. But, hey, I'm making everybody's eyes open up. And I realize it. Uh, To say I looked strong in defeat, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't say that I just won the Dalton match. You scored me and Dak, I probably won that match, too. They caught me with one. They won't catch me with one again.
0: Okay, I mean that does seem to be a recurring theme though, is slipping on a banana peel, caught you with one. Well, uh,
1: there's no slipping on a banana peel in those two matches. No, I we, legitimately that, slipped against Austin Gunn. With Dak Draper, he hit me with a move that damn near nobody's ever kicked out of. Am I embarrassed that I got beat by that? No. He's he six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Absolutely. He's a jackass but he's big and he's strong and he's talented. And then Dalton Castle was a world champion and he beat me. Damn. Yeah. It sucked.
0: But no, well that was my, that was my time. point that you, that you could have easily won. Those matches could have gone either way. You're pushing this issue. Aren't you, Kev? Huh?
1: You, you know, I promised him I wouldn't get riled up if there was dumb questions. Cause I expected them, but yeah, I could have, I, I couldn't have easily won. They're hard matches to win. But the fact that I have to prove myself to everybody every match while I'm having these badass matches doesn't make any sense to me. It should be expected. I hung with Jay Briscoe and Dalton Castle back in February and March. Why is no one talking about that? Instead, we aired this stupid battle royal for the umpteenth time. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, look, like I said, I don't think anyone who knows anything about this sport is going to take anything away from your talent. I think the only issue people tell have. me who does tell me who who out there does
1: actually know because I'm actually starting to wonder because it seems like just some vocal minority thinks that they know everything and they get to have the voices heard people like I mean hey hell Kev you wrote my write up on my contract thanks a lot for that again well I'm sorry Kev
0: I mean look this isn't about me I'll
1: stop. yeah well this, that's this is about you
0: okay okay ahead,
1: next question Kev
0: well, no, I, I, before I move away from the last line of questioning, I can't let this go without bringing up the match with Dalton Castle was spurred by you throwing a cup of water in his face backstage. Now you talk about you want respect. Isn't respect earned? Here's Dalton Castle, former world champion, one of the biggest names and most respected figures in ring of honor. You've look I know you've grinded for 14 years and you've paid your dues and and I appreciate that about you and I applaud you for it. But at the end of the day, you're still two years out removed from the dojo class and you're throwing a cup of water in Dalton castle's face. I mean, how do you possibly rationalize that? How do you explain that? Kev was I
1: wrong in throwing a drink of water in his face. Yeah, I was. Truth be told, I was wrong. But if I could do it again, you could bet your children's life on it. I'd dump an entire gallon of water. You know what, I'm actually mad it was water. I wish it was a cup of piss. Ah, oh, come on. Oh, everyone's so respected by Dalton. Why? He's become a laughable figure. He broke down. He's done. He's hanging out with freaking David Arquette. Go, 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 go tell your jokes, Dalton. See, uh, stop taking my time. I was in the middle of a conversation. He interrupted me. No one says, no one says, oh, Brian, sorry, Dalton interrupted you. It's, oh, Brian, how dare you overreact? Yeah. Two sides of every coin. Well, I mean, Here's I a, saw that. Dalton. Hey, screw Dalton Castle. I hope he listens. Puts it on this stupid YouTube show. Clutch that, Dalton.
0: That's screw that's Dalton ca- That's wonderful, Brian. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah,
1: well, you kept bringing it up.
0: Well, look, and I'm not done bringing it up, honestly, because, you know, I saw the clip and I don't think that he necessarily interrupted a conversation. I mean, let's be honest, you were berating Dante Caballero, who- I he put him
1: in his place. He was asking me dumb questions. That's what those dojo kids do. They ask a bunch of dumb questions. So they're all worried about building some foundation. That thing's going to crack before they know it. Kidding me? Yeah, go ahead. Be a bunch of dojo boys. You know what I'm going to be? A star. I'm going to be the mecca. Everyone's going to come see me. It's just a matter of time, Kev. I don't care who I was berating. No, I wasn't berating you. Do you know what he asked me before that? No, how I do don't. He didn't just insult my mother.
0: Because I know, Dante. Honestly, know because know I he... know Dante. Because I know oh, Dante. Yeah. I know I mean, Dante. Never, when he... I mean,
1: Dante's never done anything bad ever. We've never seen him do something cross the line, have we? Oh no, no. Okay. I've, I've
0: seen I've seen Dante take shortcuts in the ring before. I, I have, but I also who knows know what Dante... he
1: said to me. But he probably said something real rude to rile me up, but no one cares about that. It's oh, it's just it's Brian. I'm I'm the wrong one, see? I get pointed at for no reason. You don't look at the other side of that fence. Well and Dante's pretend- got one of the foul he's got one of the worst potty mouths I've heard in the dojo. He's he's ridiculous. He thinks because he speaks multi languages, I don't know what he, I know what he's saying all the damn time.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, let me move on.
1: Good. I've been waiting.
0: Okay, let me ask you about uh, another. You're not going to like this either, I'm sure. But I have to bring it up because it happened at the biggest show of the year.
1: You don't have to do anything but pay taxes, Kevin. Make sure it's not the question I think it is.
0: Well, look, uh, as a journalist, um, if you're going to be on the show, I do have to ask you certain questions. And you were on the biggest show of the year, which is Final Battle. You personally wanted to face... Danhausen, and the stipulation was he had to win a match to um, enact his for his contract to go into effect in Ring of Honor. You stepped up and you said you wanted to be the guy to face Danhausen, and you were going to make sure he didn't end up in Ring of Honor. And it didn't go that way. And Danhausen now is a member of the Ring of Honor roster. So I just have to ask you, in retrospect, was that was that a bad decision on your part? That's question. No, that's, no, we're not, we got to, I'm going to, I would like an answer to this question. Next question. Next question. No, what?
1: Okay, this- fine. You want to talk about Danhausen? I'm not. Was it a bad decision to be on Final Battle? No, you jackass. It was a great decision. Every wrestling eye in the world was glued to it. And anybody, they don't even need 20-20 vision. They have 1-in-20 vision. Saw me pin Dan Housen. Been And sitting here festered, pent up about it for the last two weeks, three weeks, however long it's been, I'm losing my damn mind. I can't count the days because it's just over and over again. And you need to bring it the hell up, right? I asked before the conversation not to bring it up. But we got to bring it up, right? We got to talk about freaking Danhausen.
0: Brian, I jackass. told you. Hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I did tell you. Oh, you don't I, mean to interrupt me. I told you, that's not how it works here. We don't go over the questions ahead of time. No guest says to me, this is the ROH Strong podcast. Maybe that's the problem with this podcast. Maybe you should consider the guest once in a while. Consider that that was the worst damn moment of
1: my life. And you want to bring it up so so all these people at home can hear. So this fat ass eating popcorn on his parents' couch, listening to his podcast, thinks he learned (sighs) something about me. Hey, Bozo at home, learn this. You suck. I hate this.
0: All right, Brian, look, we're going to. No, I'm not
1: going to look. We're not going to do anything. Well, you're gonna, you're, What?
0: we're going to end what? the pod. I'm telling you, okay, this is getting a little bit out of hand. We're going to end the podcast. I'm going to cut this short. Oh, but- you're going to cut short my you time. How,
1: how fitting. Ring of honor wants to cut short my time again. For what? Telling the truth? Tell me something I said wrong. I had him beat. A disqualification. Joe Mandak can barely count to three. How the hell is he a referee? Dumbass.
0: Brian, I'm going to ask you, please, to compose yourself, and let's move on and try to be professionals. Can we – I know I can be professional. Can you?
1: Oh, you can. Tell me about that write-up again, Kevin. Was that real professional? Talking about every big loss I had? Oh, yeah. You didn't, you didn't talk about how I hung with Jay Briscoe. No, you talked about how I was embarrassed in final battle. This whole thing—this was probably all set up, huh? Everyone just thought they'd poke some fun at me because people think I, I can tell a good joke. They get a good laugh at me for forty minutes. That's what this must have been, must it, huh? That's what this is, huh, Kev?
0: Uh, a setup. I mean, now yeah, you're questioning
1: my—you're
0: questioning my integrity now.
1: Yeah, Kev, I—I I, I question a lot of your abilities. The F files—they suck. You might as well file them away. With a, with a bunch of bad ideas, like everything else you've ever produced. Mm. That's why you're sitting on this call. Right. You're a
0: jackass. Okay. Are we but, done? Do you got more to say? No. Yeah, actually, Brian, I do. You know what? I do respect what you can do in this ring, but I don't respect the person that you are outside the ring. I actually knew, you want, you want to get real and get, spell be truthful. I knew this was going to be a bad idea. I honestly didn't. You you not on episode 1 to 39. I didn't want you on episode 40 or beyond either. But I was oh, great. told. Oh, great. You didn't want me on episode just 40. Re-signed You just got re and that people are going to want to hear. Let's throw Brian Johnson a bone. About well, damn time. Talk to him. Okay? That's why you're on here. If I had any say, you wouldn't be on here. Oh, the
1: truth comes got out. Yeah, clearly.
0: The clearly the truth comes out. Bias it's journal. because of the the, look at the way Bonnie you're acting
1: that danny that dan housing should win the match beforehand there's bias all the time up and down the entire corporate bullshit ladder of ring of honor this is ridiculous
0: you know what i, I honestly i don't get paid enough to deal with fucking ass like you okay oh, okay you're yeah you're, fucking ass like
1: you're real yeah real professional oh why don't you just walk out good that's professional You want to know what I am? I'm a professional ass whooper, an equal opportunity ass whooper. So I don't care if it's you, Kevin Eck. I don't care if it's the person filming the Zoom call, you bozo listening on the other end, Dan Housen's best friend, Dan Housen himself, or any other member of the Ring of Honor roster. I'm tired of this It's about time I get respected. All that contract means is that it's Mecca versus everybody.